As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest, I'm just delighted that she said yes, she is a journalist and an author. I love all of her books, so does my dad, interestingly enough. It is Paige Toon. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Uh, you have two children. Let's I start do, there. yes. A seven-year-old and one who's about to turn ten. So you're, far, you're more advanced than I am. I'm definitely a few years on. <laughs> <laughs> does it get calmer? Tell me, it yeah, gets calmer. It does. I'm going to reassure you here. It gets so much easier as they get older. Um, but every every age just has so many, you know, wonderful new experiences. You know, it's lovely. The good and the bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely a bit of bad in there too. Uh, we haven't quite. I think. I think someone said to me recently, "This is the golden age." You know, before they become teenagers. Really? You know, but yeah. So I think we're just having to absolutely make the most of every single second. I at think the moment. I saw something written down actually, like seven to eleven. You have your kids back. Yeah. You lose them and then they're back. Oh, And absolutely. then they just turn into nightmares again. Oh God, I'm dreading that bit. No, <laughs> at the moment they're just lovely. They're so lovely. <laughs> Well, Paige, so we know each other. Well, we're both authors. We yes. have a mutual friend in Karen Edwards, yes. who we both know from Heat Magazine, uh, which we, we, but we've both worked, actually. But really, I guess I found you on social media, on, yeah, on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Uh, I th- uh, for everyone who, I guess, doesn't know, the world of writing and, and the community of authors is so supportive. Um, and... And I feel like I was fully embraced in that world when I started writing. So thank you, because you're a massive part yeah. of that. Well, thank you, because it was you reading my books and tweeting about them and then suddenly sort of realising, oh my goodness, you know, this, this lovely person's got an amazing blog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's telling people how, you know, how much she likes my books. So, yeah, I really do, I really, really do. That was really lovely. Um, yeah, I just I just love them. But you know when you I think there's a, I'm going to just totally fangirl all over you now. <laughs> but you know when there's just I know if I pick up one of your books it's going to be amazing. So Aww. I like a good solid I like to know that. Well, you so know that go. absolutely goes the same. Like I, 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 <laughs> no, I absolutely I respect you so much as a writer. I love your style of writing. I think Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Paige, um what sort of mum did you think you were going to be? Um 
I thought I'd probably be quite uh, a firm but fair mum, um, mm-hmm. a really loving mum. You know, I wanted to give a lot of time and attention to my kids. And, I, you know, my mum was a state, well, I say she was a stay-at-home mum, but, you know, my dad used to be a racing driver, so we'd be travelling all around the world. So she didn't really have a choice. She couldn't go out to work. She, you know, she brought us up. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to be able to, I would have loved to have given my kids the same experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to be around for them a lot more. Which is kind of, you know, even as a young girl, I thought, author, what a great job, you know, I'd be able to like... Really? You knew that young? I did. I really knew, like, when I was really young, I wanted to write. And then when I was a little bit older, I sort of thought, right, what do I go? What I'll do is I'll go and work for a magazine first. <laughs> <laughs> you basically have done what you set out to do. Yeah, it was very bizarre, yeah. <laughs> but in, somewhere in the middle, I kind of got distracted with thinking about music and, you know, maybe sort of like writing songs, stuff like that. But yeah, that was just like a complete X Factor pipe dream. <laughs> Not that the X Factor was around at the moment, but my dad was like those people you see on X Factor. He's like, you're amazing, darling. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, I'm not amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to let that one go and just go back to the writing, which is, yeah. What but a part of that, did you sort of go, that would work really well with the family? Absolutely. You know, I, I, and I, I thought I'll go and become a journalist and then... When I, you know, have a family, I'll write books and I'll be able to write in amongst baby sleep times and then I'm going to school. I just had this whole sort of plan mapped out. And um, that was from a really young age. So the fact that I'm actually doing that and the fact that it has worked out the way that I wanted it to pretty much, more or yeah. less, obviously a few ups and downs. But um, yeah, I count my lucky stars, I feel it's a good Do job. Do you feel like you are the mum that you thought you would be? Um. I kind of think I am. I mean, I give my kids a lot of love. I'm. Mm. See, my my husband will say that I'm not strict enough, but right. I think I think compared to my friends, I am quite strict. You know, um, and you know, he's more strict. So I think we te- we sort of balance each other out. You know, mm. quite well. But um, yeah, just I, oh, I just love motherhood. I think I thought I would love motherhood. I had no idea how much I would love being mm. a mum and how much I would love. You know, my children. I mean, that sort of those early days really kind of took me by surprise. How did you find them? Um, it was so intense, you know, mm. like, I mean, I remember writing this poem and I hadn't written poetry for quite a long time, like quite a few years. You know, I used to write loads of poems when I was a teenager, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, and I just remember sort of about five days in, you know, you get the whole baby blues and everything. And I just wrote this really intense poem about how I just, I thought I'd just like, you know, I couldn't go on living if, if no. anything happened to my baby. I just sort of thought, you know, the opening line of the poem is I could not go on living, you know. Oh. Um, so it's quite, yeah, quite intense, you know, too intense really in a way, you know. But um, that sort of, that tempered itself. And certainly by the time number two came around, you know, that was actually quite a nice way of tempering it, I think, you know, because you have more love to give, you know, you sort of spread it out a little bit, it kind of calmed me down a little bit, yeah. you know, in the first two and a half years. My son was kind of my life, you know, mm. really. Yeah, it was a bit, um, you know, full on. Well, especially that first little section. I think it is, like you say, that word intense. Yeah. And it's such, no matter how much, uh, for me, I thought I was ready for motherhood, I was so shocked. Yeah. At, at that, that, the emotion, the fact that I wasn't going to know what I was doing, you know, it was all such a such a whirlwind it's quite scary isn't it because mm. like you know we went and did nct classes and six out of the seven classes were all about childbirth and then right. you get this one class you know it's like hang on is that all we're gonna get you know <laughs> to just teaching us how to put a nappy on it's like oh my god you know like are you really gonna throw this thing at me <laughs> how am i gonna cope with this little to be responsible for a little person and you know sometimes i even still have dreams about it in my dreams i'm you know i've completely forgotten that i haven't changed a nappy or i haven't done something <laughs> Still and now. it's anxiety yeah it really chases <laughs> me down it's awful 
I think it's part of being an author having a terribly overreactive imagination like the amount of bad things I've imagined having to my kids like on a regular basis you know really yeah it kills me gosh so having uh, so one to two was a bit of a, a, a it was calming then it was it kind of made things it did it sort of I think mentally it kind of it definitely you know like I say the first two and a half years you know my son was kind of my world I completely doted on him and mm. and then having a little girl brought into the mix as well you know just it it did sort of just calm me a little bit I don't know you know it was something it was strange you know just I, it's hard to explain but do you think it's because you had a lot more confidence when the second one came along definitely had more confidence for sure um I don't know you know what I remember once watching this episode of of Wife Swap and um <laughs> and this um this you know woman had one child and she was saying I I don't want to have a second child because I don't have enough love to give to two children you know all right. of my love's going to him and I did feel guilt you know and my you know, last couple of months of pregnancy, I had this horrendous guilt, you know, thinking, oh, poor Indy, you know, how's he going to cope when another one comes along? I'm not going to be able to give him so much attention. But then in the last sort of, you know, as those weeks were creeping down, and I realised I was so knackered being heavily pregnant. The only thing I could do with him was like jigsaw puzzles because there was no way I was going to chase him around. Poor Indy. Yeah, completely. You know, it's just like, another jigsaw puzzle, darling. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, and then I sort of started thinking, do you know what? This baby cannot come soon enough because I need another distraction. You know, he needs a friend to play with. <laughs> oh, and do they get on now? They get along really well. On the hot, obviously, there are arguments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you're you know, tearing your hair out. It's just like, just move away from each other. But on the whole, they get along. You know, he's going to have a little best friend for, you know, all of these formulative years. It's, yeah. You know, it's someone really to protect. Lovely. Yeah, someone to protect, someone to, you know, he's been wanting to get Minecraft for the last four years and we finally <laughs> gave in. And then our daughter said, can I have Minecraft? And so, you know. <laughs> oh, and, and then, then you'll thought, have that. Oh, oh, but she's going to get it earlier than I did. I know. Well, that's exactly what happened. But then, of course, she got it. And now he bores her to tears by talking. To her. He's got <laughs> someone to talk it. about Minecraft to because we're not interested. We don't want to hear about it. You know, it's like, okay, what, what are you talking about? You know, he's like, I love it. I can talk to Ida about Minecraft, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, they're good friends. Yeah. yeah, we're lucky. Did you join lots of mum groups? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, I used to go to this amazing, like, in fact, I wrote about it in my last book, funnily enough, you know, even though it's not set in the same place, but it was in North London. And this guy called Jeremy um, played the guitar and he was just so much fun. You know, he sort of bounce around, he'd like, you know, hang from the rafters like a monkey. And he was so energetic and he'd play like all the, you know, sort of the Beatles and the Stones. All the mums are sitting there clapping along and listening. And kids are just wrapped, you know, running around, sort of bumping into each other and crying and then just cheering up because bubbles. You know, it's like you get the bubbles out. You'd be like, oh my God, here we go. You know, head collisions. But that was my absolutely far and away favourite sort of mum thing to do. Um, I didn't do as many mum things as I wish that I had time to because I was writing and mm -hmm. that was one thing that had to take a sacrifice you know I just when the baby slept I had to write you know I did couldn't... you feel isolated in that way and just having to sort of step away from yeah I did a little bit yeah and certainly you know like when everybody else around me were having they were having a maternity leave you know like yeah. a proper maternity leave everything was about them and the baby and you know even they could go for a nap if they wanted to or whatever and I couldn't you know baby sleeps I'm at my computer writing and that was you know that was just the way things were but so how long after Indy arrived did you get back, back it to was your desk? six weeks after and I had no intention of doing it like that I had every intention of finishing that book before he came and I just couldn't I just my head wasn't there you know I think maybe the expectation of motherhood, you know, mm -hmm. it was quite frightening and daunting. I've also since discovered that I can only really write very well in autumn. <laughs> really? Is, yeah, there's this really strange, you know, thing. And I only realised this about two years ago when 
my agent said to me, you know, if you can write a book in three months, then why don't you deliver it before the summer holidays? And so I thought, <laughs> OK, I'm going to do that. And um, no, <laughs> I did not do it. And I sort of managed to get to this point. I just thought, I'm not going to deliver a book that I think is crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to deliver a book, you know, when I'm ready. And, and you know, and, and just came back down to September, October, November again. So... That's kind of my thing I've discovered. Yeah, I wonder if it's because the nights are drawing in and... Yeah, there's definitely got to be something about that. And I think yeah. it just, I don't know, there's something a little bit oppressive about the air in summer. You mm -hmm. know, so I find my head gets really foggy and... Well, it's know. probably a nice time to be out and enjoying yeah. life. Yeah, there's that too, for sure. And But also I think hay fever kind of affects me in a weird kind of way. Mm. You know, I don't know what the deal is with that. But, um, you know, it definitely sort of makes me feel a bit like a, my head's cotton wool. I can't yeah. think clearly, but... um. Certainly from November, oh, from sort of September onwards, you know, mm. I'm ready to get my head back down. And um, and so Indy was born, like, you know, in the middle of September. Right. And um, I did have six weeks or so off. Um, I think one of the best pieces of, of advice someone gave me was a, a friend of mine who had a baby like four months before, and she just said, don't stress. She said, little babies sleep a lot. You'll finish this book once he comes. And that was really kind of reassuring at the time because I was right. stressing out quite a lot, you know thinking, am I ever going to meet this deadline? And I know that you actually dumped the first lot of work that you I did. I did. See, yeah. I wrote those 50,000, but, you know, <laughs> I did. And I just sort of thought, when I, when I actually looked at it again six weeks later, I don't know, there was something about having him mm. and him being there and it, that just lifted all of that anxiety and all that stress and it just... It was just this, you know, amazing sort of world of motherhood and I was just ready to get back to work and... I, I did. I, I shredded pretty much those first 50,000 words and started again. I ended up writing that book in sort of two and a half months, you know, the entire thing. Really? With, uh, you know, tiny baby. See, <laughs> so. we have our friend in common, Karen. Uh, she told me about you when I was <laughs> writing. And uh, and I literally had this ideal, like idyllic image in my head of you being sat at your computer, Indy being in a bouncer, being rocked by your toe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just riding away. And I thought that that was going to be me. <laughs> and was it not? No, they only slept for half an hour at a time, oh, both no. of them. That is really unlucky. Yeah, That's until really they got to about a year old. That's really? when, yeah, once they um, dumped the first nap, the morning nap and it was just on the main one, then they started sleeping longer. But anything, literally, you could set your alarm to it. Seriously. 30 oh. minutes and ping, they're that is awake. really, really unlucky. My daughter was a bit like that. But my son, he was he was a good sleeper. He was a great sleeper in the daytime. He was horrendous at night, like really, really, really bad. And those first few weeks, I just felt like I was sort of this subhuman species. You know, he'd be awake for half the night and then I'd kind of like eventually get my sleep. And then he'd be up with my mum and my brother for the oh. first, oh, my brother, my husband for the first few <laughs> weeks. I've still got baby brain now. <laughs> and, and I just sort of, I'd kind of like eventually come and say it's like 12 o'clock in the day. And I just felt like this weird kind of alien sort of species, like I wasn't living on the same timeline. I was alone in the night with a baby and, you know, the rest of the day I was just... You know, eventually you just had to shelve that and get up with the baby and, you know, just deal with the it's night crazy time. It's crazy, though, that night that I think sleep, you don't really realise how important it is. Yeah, and uh, it's lonely because you're there yep. by yourself. There's no sort of distraction. I mean, I was watching, like, the first five series of House, I think, on my laptop. <laughs> but <laughs> the point where you're like, oh, no, they've stopped feeding, but I really want to finish this yeah, episode. absolutely. <laughs> Do you know, there was something really magical about that time, too, which just me and my son in his room, because mm. I would go to his room. Yeah. And sit there and just sort of, you know, watch some telly second time around. 
into bed, you know, <laughs> feed the baby, back in her cot, don't do a change. Because I used to change him in the oh, night. Same, same, same. Oh, I didn't realise until friends told me that, no, you don't change a baby in the night time, you know, like you just change him in the well, morning. Well, I think the through. midwife said to me that because um, Buzz was smaller, uh, he needed to have that feed. So if you woke up, to get him to have the other boob, change him oh, and then right. put him okay. in, try yeah, again. Sure. And put him in. Um, but yeah, Buddy was literally quick. He'd yeah. feed for 15 minutes and go straight back to sleep. Brilliant. Was not bothered by a wet nappy. He was just like, I'm tired, I'm done. Yeah, and you have to just like make it as quick as possible because yeah. you need to be awake for the other one in the morning. Exactly. You, know, you can't just like sleep when baby sleeps. <laughs> I just can't get my head around, Paige, this having a newborn and starting to write a book, <laughs> like rewriting it. But I guess because you had two pressures, the deadline, book deadlines, which mm-hmm. are, I mean... They are yeah, serious. Mine, yeah, mine got moved by a month. You know, <laughs> right. my, my editor just said, "Yeah, how long do you need?" I think maybe another month. You know, I was supposed <laughs> to deliver at the end of Christmas. She's like, "That's not going to happen." Yeah, <laughs> but having those two—a baby arriving and a book deadline—the pressure must have just been so overwhelming. But then, I guess as soon as Indy arrived, that whole pressure and that expectation, that worry of what it's going to be like, suddenly living in it. Yeah. Must have made things a little bit easier. Absolutely. But I just think as well, you know, when you have a child, you just don't sweat the small stuff. You know, you yeah. you know, that's the most important thing. And, you know, I remember sort of, you know, I used to get very stressed when I worked, you know, at a magazine. I just sort of used to feel a bit kind of stressed about little things and I'd be all anxious and I'd be having sleepless nights. Like, no, you just I just <laughs> wouldn't have cared about any of that stuff once I had a baby, you know, yeah. because that's the important, you know, that's suddenly your all of your priorities change and everything comes into perspective. And um, and so no, I, I don't I don't remember being massively stressed. I think I I was maybe sort of a little bit sorry for myself at times that I wasn't able to just <laughs> eat com- cake with yeah, your mum friends. Eat cake with them exactly. You know, like you know, I'd have my NCT friends. You know, who swiftly became a really good support network going off for cake and coffee. It's like oh, I can't. I've got to go right. You know, and so yeah, I did. I had to do that. But um, you know, how lucky I am I? The flip you know? side though of what we do is that when that book's in. You get a nice chunk of time, yeah. Hopefully, to yeah. kind of start dreaming up the next thing, but you kind of can have a little bit of a break, yeah. And you know, and at the end of the day, I have found over the last ten years that I do write most of my books in those last three months. So, yeah. you know, over the years, I've become less stressed about it. Sometimes wrongfully so, because as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, 
you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. I've been sort of like, oh my God, why didn't I start this six months ago? <laughs> Massively stressed, you know, having this week of writer's block, you know, two weeks before the book's due in. And <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? But, um, but yeah, no, we're very, we're really lucky in that respect. And I remember, you know, sort of after that first year, half or most of the maternity group, you know, they, they were going back to work mm. and... I just remember one of my friends who didn't go back, who's a friend that I'm closest with, who, you know, my my, my son sort of, you know, his, her daughter is his girlfriend. Aww. He still talks about it, you know. And um, and we were sitting in our back garden in London in a small, small sort of terraced house garden with our feet in a paddling pool while the kids <laughs> slipped down them, drinking pims in the middle of the day. And we're just looking at each other. It's like, oh, my God, we're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was awesome. Swings and roundabouts. It does, yeah. So I'm not complaining, but yeah, I mean, there, obviously there were times when I could have just would have loved to have just had a maternity leave and yeah. had nothing to think about except for my little tiny bundle of joy and sometimes despair. <laughs> <laughs> and your mum? Did your mum fly over from Australia? She did. Yeah. How yeah. long for? My mum and dad were both with us for the first three weeks, and then they went off to Portugal for a couple of weeks, and then they came back again. And that was kind of weird because for those first three weeks, I was so dependent on my mum mm -hmm. and I was really, really struggling with breastfeeding. Like it was, you know, I think the worst thing anyone had ever told me is if it hurts, you're not doing it right. And yeah. that is just such mm -hmm. a pile of BS because, you know, everybody's got different skin. You know, some people are more sensitive than others. And you see all these images of this little tiny babies, you know, this little, little sort of baby, their mouth, this big wide mouth clamping onto a boob, you know. So, no, little babies have got teeny tiny mouths. It doesn't look like that till they're about three months old. And then yeah. you can like tell me if I'm doing it right. But And it just hurt so much. And I remember my mum sort of getting up with me in the night. And in fact, we both slept downstairs in the living room oh. together just so she, you know, had the moral support of the middle of the night feeds for the first couple of weeks. It was just mm. so, you know, there were about three nights in a row, you know, she'd just sort of get up with me at three in the morning and we'd just watch some telly together while I was feeding and sort of like trying to latch on with this knife being stabbed <laughs> into my back, which is what it felt like. And I think the second time around, just it hurt just as much, which is mm -hmm. why, you know, I knew I was doing it right. Because yeah. obviously I've had experience now mm -hmm. and it hurt just as much. But mentally I was just on a different, you know, different plane because I knew I was doing it right. And so I wasn't stressed about that. The second time around, I just took some flipping ibuprofen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like anything just to help you get through, you know. So, But yeah, so it was amazing having my mum and mum and dad around, you know, for those first few weeks. And But like I said, I did feel very, very sort of dependent on my mum, I think, for that support. And when she went away, you know, I got this amazing independence mm -hmm. um and when she came back again I actually like we were locking horns a bit because, really yeah it was a bit strange you know because I felt so so connected to Indy in those weeks when she hadn't been there I really felt like I knew you know what he needed and what he wanted and I felt really connected and then when she came back again I sort of like felt like oh you know she was like he needs a feed or he needs this or he needs that and I'm like oh and I actually couldn't I couldn't tell what he needed because there were too many people interfering so yeah. I sort of became a bit insular you know after that I sort of like wanted to just you know do it myself and you know have that experience I totally <laughs> understand that though it's so funny isn't it how you can go from one extreme to the other yeah I literally was not listening to Buzz at all when he cried. First of all, I was just like, all oh, the cries sound the same. I don't, I can't, I can't tell the difference. But because of the feeding, I was so, you know, hell-bent on getting that right. Yeah. And it took a long time. It took me three months to kind of go, ah, oh, okay, yeah, now same. we're definitely, definitely falling into it. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. My, see, my NCT teacher said to us, um, 
you know, because obviously I've got absolutely no issues. You know, if people, whatever is right for mum, I think, you know, I absolutely yep. agree. You know, if you're happy, then it's the, you're the most important person because you're, you know, that will filter down to your mm -hmm. baby. So you just have to do what's right for you. But I knew I was going to breastfeed and mm -hmm. I knew I would persist no matter what. So, you know, but the NCT teacher said to me, um, she said to all of us, please, please, please just persist for two weeks. She said, after that, you can do whatever you like, you know, you can change, but you know, that those two weeks, it's a you know really great gift you can give your baby. And then after that, you've got options. So in my head, I sort of like thought to myself, just got to get to that two week mark and yeah. then it's going to become easier. And I actually crooked my neck, like on that sort of the day before the two weeks were up. Right. And I had to take paracetamol and um, ibuprofen for that. <laughs> and, and I thought, and then it suddenly became easier, this breastfeeding. <laughs> I was so happy. And so two days later, when I wasn't taking any drugs, <laughs> and it absolutely excruciating. I mean, I was in so many floods of tears. I couldn't oh. believe how painful it still was. And eventually my friend, you know, a really good old friend of mine in Australia, she said to me, it's going to be at least 10 weeks, you know, mm -hmm. possibly like three months before you actually get, you know, to end. I mean, that was a bit of a shock, but I kind of, you know, in a way, just wish I'd known that at the beginning, yeah. you know. That yeah, it see, was I went to a, a wedding uh, um, when Buzz was 10 weeks old and two of my other friends had had, had 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 babies around the same time. And I can remember saying something like, you know, people say that it stops hurting, but it doesn't, does it? No, and they're, definitely they're, not. But their face, their faces just were like, yeah. Yeah, it does stop hurting. Well, see, because it's, it's like different. A, yeah, exactly. But it's different for everybody. And, yeah. you know, one of the midwives, you know, who came around to visit, she said to me, you know, she said, you know, pinch your skin. Does that hurt? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, you know, somebody else, like, you, you do that to them. It doesn't hurt, you know, not in the slightest. And, yeah. and, and I do clearly have got quite sensitive skin. I think everybody, you know, is just different. And, yeah. you know, I, I've sort of warned other people how much it hurts. And they've been like, no, it's been absolutely fine. It's yeah, just like, exactly. <laughs> no, I know. But I can remember having a friend of mine message and said, um, just so you know, when you start feeding, I always kick my heels in the back of my chair and clench my butt a bit. And I thought, what is she going on about? <laughs> and it's only when I started feeding, I was like, totally get it. Oh, I yeah. literally clench my butt, my oh. jaw, you know, just oh, get it. I'll get that first little bit. And yeah. then and then I yeah. was... That's right. It's the latching on, isn't yeah. it? That really, really hurts. Mm -hmm. But... I couldn't have anyone in the room with me. I mean, apart from my mum in the night, because if anybody saw how much pain I was in, you know what it's like. Yeah. If somebody gives you sympathy, then you feel so much sorry, more sorry <laughs> for yourself. So I was like, I did not want anybody to see. And so there was no way I was going to be able to breastfeed in public like for the several weeks. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, rooted to the house and with like two hour windows, you know, going out and about. Because see, the second time around, I was, I was so different. Yeah, well, mentally I was different. Yeah, yeah. But it, it still hurt. Yeah. Did it hurt for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I was also in a different place when it came to uh, feeding in public. Right. But to the point where, you know, when you're a bit too, you're like, your boobs are full because you're, yeah. you're not yeah, on oh the right. God. Slipping off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that <laughs> bit of slip and slide down there. Um, but because you're not in a rhythm yet, you don't know what's happening. And um, I remember being out for lunch with mates and, um, you know, Buddy needed a feed. So I was like, that's fine. I can do it in public nowadays. I'm fine. I'm experienced. And literally, my boob just shot on a milk just shot across the table and nearly hit <laughs> my friend's husband it was the most embarrassing thing. oh that's brilliant oh dear oh, but we all go through it we you do know. yeah um and I'm and glad that I stuck to it, really. Yeah, me too. And like layering, that was another thing for, like, for feeding in public. Like, yeah. It's such a good idea to wear two tops. You mm -hmm. can put one down, one up. Yeah. And then you just have this tiny little bit of skin exposed, you mm. know, apart from the fact when they suddenly pull off and like say milk goes <laughs> shooting across the table. <laughs> but that was, you know, because I just like this idea of like pulling down my top and having this enormous sort of Babylon on display. <laughs> it was just mortifying, you know, I really didn't feel comfortable And that's the thing, isn't that. it? It's each to their own. Yeah, Because some people will be like, oh, whatever, it's my yeah. baby. 
yeah. a natural thing. Yeah. But for me, com- yeah. like for me to be comfortable, and, and I do think it's important what makes the mum comfortable as of well course. as the baby. Yeah. Um, for me, I did I did want a little a little bit a yeah. little a little you know yeah yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so how did you feel when your mum left and went back to Australia? Um, so we went, first of all, she went back to Port. She just went over to Portugal. We've got a place over there. And so they went there just for a couple of weeks. So that was OK because I knew she was coming back. Yeah. Um, when she went back to Australia that first time, oh, I can't really remember. I mean, I'm, I must have felt sad. And, you know, the idea of, you know, them being so far away. Mm. Um but also, I think just having that independence as well, you know, it's very empowering, actually, when you when you are, you know, my husband was out to work. So I was it was just me and my son. And mm. obviously I was writing at the same time. And I think that did give me real confidence to be doing that by myself. Um, so maybe it wasn't quite as bad as I as I thought it would be. Um <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I've just remembered. We went. We went to Australia when oh. he was three months old. So I. So I don't think that's. Bye, that this is coming. <laughs> exactly. I think that's probably why I don't remember How being that upset. We went for like four weeks. You know. Oh, so amazing. yeah. So. So you know, I I wasn't too sad about losing her because I knew I was going to see her again. You know, sort of like later <laughs> that later that same year. So yeah, traveling with a with a newborn. How was that? Um, not too bad because he was only he was. You know, three months old, so he would. He was the right sort of size to sleep in nice. in the carry cot. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't too bad. Traveling with a when you're seven and a half months pregnant with a two year old, on the other <laughs> hand, was like the worst flight of my life. No, were oh you on your my own? God, I was on my own. Indy would not sleep. He slept on the plane when I didn't want him to, and then no, and no, he sorry, he didn't sleep on the plane. And then when we had like a six hour stopover in Singapore when I couldn't sleep because I'm like having to walk around an airport for six hours, he slept then. Oh, and then no. we get on the next flight when I've been awake like for almost 24 hours and he wouldn't sleep. And I just, oh my God, I'd never wanted to lie on my side so much in my life. <laughs> had this enormous bump, you know, I've got this oh. toddler kind of kicking me, you know. Oh, oh it was awful. It's not something I ever want to repeat. <laughs> now they're good because they're seven and ten. They'll sit there, they'll watch movies and then they want to stretch out and, you know, as a mum, you do anything you possibly can to make your kids comfortable. So I'll, like, be sitting, like, with like, the corner of my bum on the seat so they can both, like, stretch out. Still no sleep whatsoever, you know. Oh, <laughs> Get dear. to Australia and hand them over. <laughs> <laughs> is it because your in-laws are up north as well, aren't they? Yes. So is it you don't have either sets of parents? No, for your we support. don't. Yeah. What do you do for that support? I don't really have any. I mean, now I've now they're both in school, but yeah. you know, when when they were younger, it was tough. Like we didn't get a babysitter. I, part of that's me being a complete martyr because I just sort of thought, I oh, nobody else can put my baby to bed apart from me. But you know, we didn't get a babysitter. I don't think for like the first sort of two three years of the kids' lives. Yeah. You know, because. We just didn't feel like anybody else would be able to do it. You know, bedtimes was such a nightmare. Um, so apart from, you know, parents, if they were coming to stay, uh, then, you know, they'd look after the kids and we'd go and see a movie. But I used to go to a lot of mum and baby screenings. You know, that was <laughs> when I'd get my movie fix. You know, I'd be taking the baby with me. But, um, yes, yeah, so I know the support thing was, you know, that was that was challenging. You so know, did just, you, when you were writing them, were you literally writing in nap times and when they went to bed at night? I, I didn't write even write when they went to bed at night. I was far too knackered for that. Really? I don't know how you do that. I still don't know how you do that. <laughs> just got to keep going. Oh, don't think about it. My God, honestly. <laughs> don't say that. I'll be going there tonight going, Paige says she can't, doesn't know how to do this. <laughs> Paige is super mum. I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. I think you're a super mum around here. No, I I, I know. I, my brain is mush by the time night time comes around. I just want to sit in front of the telly and completely <laughs> switch off. Like, if... Obviously, when I'm really approaching a deadline or if I'm really, really into a, a chapter and I'm desperately wanting to get back to it, then I'll kind of like go and sit down and write. But, you know, I write 
now it's easy. They're both in school, which is why I stupidly decided I could write two books a year because I'd have three <laughs> times the amount of hours to write them in. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that, that was a little bit challenging. And how do you juggle it now? Do you literally do all the writing in uh, when they're at school? Yeah, yeah. They go off to school in the morning. And yeah, they come home at three, and and that's when I stop. So I and does that give you like it? Does that make you really productive in that time? I yeah, mean, you are it a does. very you, know, you. I can't imagine you ever like dwindling away hours on social on social media or anything. Oh, no. I still do though. I mean, really? it's the catching up. It's the Monday, and actually sometimes I find that quite depressing because if I haven't managed to stay on top of it for the last few days, and on a Monday. You know, I'm quite anal. I just want to get like that job out of the way before I can start writing. And sometimes I won't even start writing till two o'clock. And then suddenly I've got like an hour to write. And I feel really just so unproductive and really stressed, you know. And because I work from home as well, there's yeah. always something that needs to be done, like rooms that need to be cleaned mm -hmm. or housework and laundry, you know, just all piles up. And, you know, suddenly I've barely done anything. And I find that really hard. Like that, that knocks me mentally. It sort of knocks my you know, my mojo <laughs> out of shape. <laughs> Do you have like a, a big support network now in terms of friends? Like, Because I know that you and like, obviously Ali Harris are really close. Um, do, do you, do your, I think having mummy friends are very different to having normal, like normal friends, friends that don't have children. Yeah, they are. And most of my friends are mummy friends. Like yeah. almost all of my friends have got kids of their own. I um I missed my friends when we moved away from London five years ago because obviously I had like a really good sort of support network of baby friends, you know, and we all had similar aged kids and we used to catch up regularly. Um, you know, now, you know, everybody's kids are slightly different ages. Yeah. And, um, but it, yeah, it's still something. If you go out with someone who doesn't have a child, then it's kind of a little bit difficult <laughs> because you just, you do want to talk about your kid a little bit. You know, you want to sort of talk about what you're, you know, finding difficult or you know, sort of funny thing that happened and you used to think, I'm boring you to tears, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Not on this podcast. It's all very, very welcome. <laughs> so have you got any advice for, for mums who are going from one to two? Um, I think I think don't worry about the guilt. If you, if you are feeling any sort of guilt, I think giving them a sibling is like the best present you can ever give them. You know, they really... And seeing them together for the first time, mm. you know, my son walked in and, and saw my baby daughter and she's just like, oh, my God, I just, it's the most special moment, most special memory, you know. Luckily, we got it on films. <laughs> so we look and because at it you're worried about how Indy would react. Of course, yeah. You know, how, how was that moment in reality? Oh, I mean, it, he was ever so good. Like, he would come into our bedroom first thing in the morning, lie on the bed, open his arms, say, give the baby to me. <laughs> and that would be the first thing he'd want. So we were very lucky that he didn't seem to be jealous, but we were careful too. We didn't give Ida too much attention in front of him, you know, didn't sort of, you know, it still made him feel like he was our number one, you know, even Aww. though obviously they're very equal, yeah. you know, especially nowadays. And in fact, she's the one who gets jealous of him, you know, funnily <laughs> enough. She, she sort of like, you know, she'd come into bed when she was old enough, she'd be like, my mummy, and like grab Aww. hold of me and sort of, you know, wouldn't want Indy to kind of, you know, he got a bit sort of nudged out in a way, which is something I definitely feel guilty about. But, you know, now they're just, you know, they're, they're just really equal and they, you know, just get along really, really well. So, yeah. you know, they're each other's best mates. It's hard so. to remember a time when there was just one. No, no that's so one. true. But the weirdest thing is trying to remember a time when you didn't have any. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, that was what before Indy. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, well, who was that person, you know? Yeah, so, Paige, I ask everyone to complete three sentences. Uh, so, being a mum means? Being a mum means joy. Absolutely. Completion. Like, you have the sense of kind of completeness. And family, you know, just it's family. Like, And for me, you know, even though my family live on the other side of the world in Australia, you know, I remember my mum saying to me, 
she said, you know, when you have a child of your own, you'll miss us less because Aww. everything will revolve around your family. And she was right. You know, home is where the heart is and the heart is where your family is and your, your children. And, you know, I definitely feel much more complete and settled here in England now yeah. that we've got a little sort of family unit of our own, you know, so it means everything to me. Um, since having children, I... Don't sweat the small stuff. I like that. Definitely not. And I'm happy when... When my kids are laughing, there is nothing that makes me happier than seeing them laugh when they like just lose themselves and they're just like in hysterics. Like it is just, I mean, my husband and I would just look at each other and just laugh our heads off too. Like we're just <laughs> full of joy seeing that, that lovely, lovely, lovely little sight. <laughs> well, Paige, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to just chat. It's been so nice in real life, not just on the Twitter. Yay. Well, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 